Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Does anybody here suffer from FOMO? You know what FOMO is, right? It's the fear of missing out. Oh. I, I, I'm a sanguine. I, 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 I struggle with FOMO. If there's a party, I want to know where it is. If there's something going on, I want to know what... I, want, I, I don't want to miss out. So tonight, we're going to go to um, a section of the Bible in the book of Numbers. We're going to be in both chapter 13 and 14. We're going to hang there most of the time because it gives the account of a whole generation of Israelites that actually missed out on all that God had for them. An incredible inheritance that was promised. A generation that died missing out on the best that God had for them. Everybody except for two people. And their names were Joshua and Caleb. Anybody in the room called Joshua? Good on you. Parents loved you, gave you a biblical name. Yeah, don't be too smug. Uh, my parents called me Wayne. <laughs> when our first son was born, Lynn had one of those baby name books. I looked up what it meant. Wagon maker. <laughs> Powerful, changed my life, really. You always ask, you know, you see these Bible names and people in the crowd, they go, I've got a Bible name. Well, live like it. So, <laughs> we're not going to talk about Joshua. We're going to talk about his friend. See, Joshua gets all the press. He even had a book in the Bible named after him. We're going to talk about Caleb. You know what Caleb means? Dog. <laughs> True story. Joshua is, is kind of that name, the Greek and the Hebrew twist in and, and, and kind of Joshua, Yeshua, Jesus, but Caleb, dog. So we're going to have a look at this old dog. And we're going to see what he can teach us about FOMO and how we can actually avoid missing out on the best that God has for you and I. He's got an antidote, and we're going to read about it. Here we go. In Numbers chapter 14, we're going to go forward to go back. Numbers 14 says from verse 21, Nevertheless, as surely as I live, this is God speaking. And as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of those who saw my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, but who disobeyed me and tested me ten times, this is what he says, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their ancestors. No one who has treated me with contempt, will ever see it. Now, the verse on which everything we're going to share tonight swings, this is this one, verse 24. But because my servant Caleb, is it on the screen? Has a what? What does he have? He has a different spirit, and because he follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. I am captivated by the challenge of living with a different spirit. 
You know what I like about a different spirit? It's different. It's different to the way a lot of people live. Can I give you a little secret? Don't take it out of here, but it's different the way a lot of Christians live. They might be going to heaven, but they're living like hell. They, 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 they've come out of Egypt, but they've not gone into promise. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, they're saved, but they're not living the flourishing life that God wants them to have. I love the theme of your church. I love the theme of the conference this year. The whole concept of having a healthy soul. Every week, almost every week, that our pastors and our team get together, we pray over our people, 3 John 2. We would that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. It all starts on the inside. It's what's inside that counts because what's inside will set you up for what God wants to do on the outside. And I don't want to be one of those people that just somehow makes it to heaven because I said yes to Jesus. Because you know what? He wants to say yes to me for so much that he has for me in my life. He wants to take me out of the captivity of sin and bondage and the hardship which the Old Testament typifies in the land of Egypt. He wants to bring me through the waters of the Jordan and he wants to take me into a place that's large and flourishing and blessed, so blessed that wherever I go, I'm a blessing. But you know what that requires? It requires a different spirit. Millions came out of Egypt, but only a couple of them went into promise. Millions of Christians are saved, but not every one of those that are saved are blessed to the point where they're a blessing wherever they go. Follow with me. Different spirit. Different spirit lives on the front foot. A different spirit doesn't sit around waiting for other people to say sorry. They choose to get on the front foot and they say, I forgive. A different spirit in church life doesn't sit there saying, go on you musicians and singers, go on, move me and I might even raise my hand. No, no, a different spirit arrives already with the garment of praise on. Come on. I was glad when they said, let's go to the house of the Lord. That's a different spirit. It's not, yeah, go on. Go on. Somehow impress me. And you might even get me to tithe one day. Different spirit says, this is what the Bible says. The Holy Ghost revealed it. I'm going to run with it because I'm not only just saved, I'm actually going to be part of God's plan to save the planet. That's the different spirit. Different spirit carries peace in the midst of turmoil. Different spirit. Well, you know what? People with a different spirit, they're a thermostat, not a thermometer. You know the difference, don't you? The fact that you're in this room suggests to me that you're somebody that wants to be an influence for the cause of Christ. I, I get the fact that a group of people a large group of people, like is gathered here. You're a leader to some degree. Some of you have already got title associated with your leadership. Others of you, it's just who you are. 
and, and, and every one of us influence others. It's how we influence them is the key. And I want to live my life not as a thermometer. A thermometer simply tells you what's going on. It reflects the environment. If it's hot, they're up. If it's cold, they're down. But a thermostat's different. A thermostat actually kicks in when something's not quite right, they get busy. Thermostats set the atmosphere, they don't reflect it. I didn't get much out of praise today, it wasn't for you. No, 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 I, I actually get what praise is all about, I got a different spirit. I might be like Paul and Silas in a dungeon, in the dark, in the nude, in pain, but you know what, I'm still going to praise the Lord, and as I begin to praise, I'm a thermostat, and chains break, prison doors open, people get saved and people get healed, that's because I'm not a thermometer. bit flat. Preachers obviously had a few late nights. Not that good today, is he? Like <laughs> thermometer. Choose to be a thermostat. Nudge your neighbor, say, be a thermostat. Nudge him back and said, you do too. Come on, let's be. The, the, that's the different spirit. The different spirit responds with faith when the challenges rise up. So let's have a look at this old dog's life. Have a look at Caleb's life and see the effects that a different spirit had on him and then through him to generations. Three traits that I want to highlight. I'm going to draw it out of the text. Number one, when you've got a different spirit, you process information differently. Have you ever noticed there's a lot of bad news around? One of the most depressing things to do to start your day is to turn on the morning news. It's actually better to open the Bible and read the good news. There are seasons where Lynn and I and our whole church have, have gone through these prolonged fasts and sometimes they're Daniel fasts and we say we're actually going to shut down social media. There's a really good thing for your soul. Turn off television for a, a season a few weeks, a month, or whatever, and, and, and instead of just watching bad news, most of which is manipulated for a certain outcome based on certain agendas, by the way, uh, and, and so instead of doing that, why don't we just open the Bible? Why don't we, instead of that stuff filling the atmosphere of our home, turn on some praise music? Whoa, it's, it's like a detox of your soul. But there's a lot of bad news around, and bad news sells. Bad news gets momentum. You, you, you just, just get the front page and the back page of a newspaper for a few days and you see momentum builds. And it's usually on the back of bad news. And people get attracted to it. If you don't believe bad news attracts, why does gossip do so well? <laughs> a different spirit, however, is attracted and drawn to a good report. You know, some of those people that... They ask you, are you, um, are you one of those glass half empty or glass half full guys? I'm just glad there's a glass. <laughs> oh, there's a glass? That's cool. Let's be positive. This is what Paul said about just reports. He said, whatever is true, 
is noble, right, pure, lovely, whatever is admirable or is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. You get around some people, the trouble is, have you ever heard them, the trouble is? Be a thermometer or be a thermostat, your choice. In the era that Caleb lived, Scripture tells us, listen to the bad news. Numbers 13, verse 2. God, who doesn't lie, says this. Send some men to explore the land of Canaan. Big lion coming up, big lion, almost needs a drum roll. Which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, of which there was how many? Twelve. Send one of its leaders. That's a powerful thought. God says, take one leader from each of the 12 tribes and go and have a look, ready, at the thing, at the place, at the promise, big line, which I am giving. Here's the deal. God had already said it. Do we serve a God who is true? Do we serve a God who does not lie? God said, I am giving it to you. God said it. That settles it. Yes and amen. Now, I get this. I've got a good relationship with my dad. He's 92 in August. Good old guy. Cheered us on, still cheers us on. Loved us when we were away from Jesus and prayed us back in and and blessed us as much as he was able all our lives. And I remember once, I was at university. I was a picture then. I had hair past my belt. Looked like something of a horror movie. <laughs> Going to university, pretty well unlovable, but my dad loved me. And he, I got home one day and I just got my license, 17. I was pretty pumped, except I had no car. My dad said, son, I've done something special today. I said, what's that? He said, I bought you a car. I said, you are the best dad in the whole world. He said, you want to see it? I said, I want to see it. So he went down to the car yard. It was amazing, all these beautiful new cars all up the front. And mine was down the back. (laughs) 1962 VW Beetle. More colors on the outside than the rainbow. She needed a paint job. However, it was mine. And he said, I've been, I got in. I, I own a car. I said, can we take it home? He said, not yet. Needs a few things done to it, son. And we'll get it registered and, and it's yours. So here's the deal. He let me look at it. He said, I've paid for it. It's all done. It's yours. One day you'll come and get it. Not long from now, it's yours. So I've been through this experience where my dad said, it's done, I've paid for it, it's yours. you just got to wait a little while, but have a little look at it now. I've experienced what these 12 tribes experienced in the Bible time. My dad said it, it was done. I just had to wait to receive the fullness of his gift. See, if you're secure in your relationship, then you're confident in his promises. Doubt only comes 
from an insecurity in the level of your relationship with the Father. The more secure you are in Him, the more confident you are in what He said. The 12 tribes went out. Each one of them had a leader. Leaders, listen to me. You are to influence others for good and for God. You have an incredible responsibility. And these 12 leaders, they go out. They spy out the land. And they come back. Now, around about that time, there was in excess of 3 million Israelites. I don't know exactly how many turned up for the day that those 12 tribes leaders come in to give their report, but I can guarantee you they have been hearing about the promised land. They've been talking about what God had for them. All those times, those hard years in Egypt, they knew that God was faithful. God was going to bring them into a promise and they couldn't wait to hear what the report was going to be. Was it a million people there? I don't know. You and I, most of you in this room have been to some of these great events in Melbourne. Whether it's the carols, whether it's the MCG, whatever it is. And you know, I just love the dynamics of when a huge crowd gets together. And they're all there. And there's a buzz in the crowd. And in come the 12 spies. And the whole crowd was hushed. Moses stands up and says, come and tell us, what did you see? They said it was amazing. And the whole crowd would have gone. They gave this account to Moses, and they said, we went into the land which you sent us, and they went, and it does flow with lactose-free milk and organic honey. They said, and here is its fruit. The fruit was so big, the Bible tells us, true story, the fruit was so big that one bunch of grapes needed to be carried on a pole between two men fruit possibly grew too close to the power lines who knows <laughs> huge milk honey fruit and the crab was whipped into a frenzy high fives everywhere until the fake news started verse 32 and they spread among the Israelites a bad, say bad, say it like it's really bad, a bad report about the land that they had explored. All of a sudden, the high five stopped. And they said, now, now there's an oxymoron in here. You know some words that don't belong together like Microsoft works? Council worker. <laughs> they said, look at this. The land we explored devours those living in it. Now listen to this. All the people we saw there were of great size. Now what's true? The land devours everybody in it. Or there were lots of people there that were big. You can't have both. 
If I was there, I'd say, excuse me, something wrong with this report. Does the land devour all the, land, all, all, all the people or all the people big? You can't have one. Well, the other, it, 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 it doesn't, there's something wrong with this. I've told you a million times not to exaggerate. The people there are of great size. You ever notice some people have the amazing capacity to state the obvious? It's a cold day, they go, it's cold. <laughs> right. <laughs> Pastors get it all the time. Crowd's a bit small today. Wow. You're a mathematician, obviously. Some people then begin to put a spin on what they've seen or heard. And they come up with conclusions that it's obviously too hard. It's too big. Cost too much. And so let's just put it all together. We, we just can't do it. But a different spirit responds differently. It finds God in the report. It's not moved by the facts, it's moved by what God had said. God said, go and look at the land that I am giving you. A different spirit flows from a different source. Not from gossip. Everybody's saying, I've done some research on that word, everybody, in church life. Everybody's saying, I've, I've never found more than four, all of whom have the same surname. <laughs> so gossip, forget gossip. Social media, seriously? Amazing how courageous people are when they pull a keyboard in front of themselves. The only place to get your values, the only place to determine your future, the only place to find what you should do in the moment is in the Word of God. In the Word of God. Jesus, remember what he said, you've heard it said, but I say, I say. I think there's a challenge for the modern church, you know what it is? To not lose our Bible literacy. It's amazing how many people I meet that can actually give you the words of a song, but can't give you any words of a scripture. You've heard it said, but I say, what are we building our lives on? Different spirit. Different spirit runs with what God said. God said, I'm giving it to you. That settles it. A different spirit, here's the second thing about a different spirit. It measures the challenges differently. Different spirit, the spirit of faith, compared to the spirit of Unbelief, uh, unbelief overlooks the promises and the power of God and, and it magnifies the dangers and the obstacles. That's why the psalmist said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. You know how you magnify the Lord? You talk about him. You know how you magnify your problem? You talk about it. The problem is, the problem is, the problem is, the problem is, the problem is. Do you talk about your problem more than the Lord? 
Oh, magnify. Make him bigger by talking about him all the time. Yes, the report is that, but my God is bigger. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I have a God that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Heaven and earth can't contain him. Oh, magnify. Make him bigger. Oh, but haven't you heard about the economy? Haven't you heard about what's going on? Yes, I have. But the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, magnify the Lord with me. Different spirit. Go back to Numbers, verse, verse 33 of chapter 13. We saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak come from there. We, oh, this is a classic line, isn't it? We seem like grasshoppers. If you knew that was funny, you're over 40. <laughs> we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. There's the issue right there. We seem like grasshoppers in our eyes. Listen, we see life the way we see ourselves. I can say that again because somebody needs to get this. We see life the way we see ourselves. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. Here's another classic statement. And we looked the same to them. Do you ever, do you ever ask questions when you're reading the scriptures? I ask it all the time. Like, here's what I said, Pastor Matt. Did they ask them? Excuse me. Yeah, you, the hearing officers. Me and the boys were out wondering. Me and old Jiminy here. We just, <laughs> we feel like grasshoppers. How do, you, how do you feel about us? I don't know, that's just the most ridiculous thing to say. We see life the way we see ourselves. We make assumptions about what people think of us based on how we see ourselves. This is why I, I, I honestly believe in the power of positive self-talk. A positive confession. Oh, that's getting down that track of, you know, that whole, you know, that, that you, you know, stuff. All positive. Yeah, why not? Somebody said to me recently, are you a faith preacher? I said, well, beats the, the alternative. Some of us need to start looking in Scripture and seeing what, what the Bible says about us. You need to look in the mirror. Start declaring Psalm 139. This is what the Bible says. You've been fearfully and wonderfully made. That's what it says. Look in the mirror. Get do it tomorrow morning. You get up, get out of the shower, put a towel on, please, and then say, <laughs> You have been fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, O Lord. Listen to this, and my soul, there we are, and my soul knows that really well. I'm emotionally healthier because I know that I am a unique creation of the creator of heaven and earth. Yeah, yeah, I am. I am, and God made me the way God made me. I'm going to stop apologizing for the way I am. I'm happy with the skin I'm in. I'm actually quite okay about the age I am. I don't put color in my hair because I like it this color. You can find me in a shopping center. I'm like a lighthouse. <laughs> I love it. I love my personality. I can't, I'm not going to apologize that I'm loud. 
Come on. Aren't we feeling like grasshoppers? Stop it. Stop it. This is what but, but Paul told the Ephesian church. He said, you are God's workmanship created in Christ to do good works which he prepared in advance for you to do. Here's the deal. You're a pre-planned miracle just waiting to happen. Only you've got your thumbprint, your eye print, your tongue print. No one else has your DNA. You are you and you've got to start loving you. Start it. I'm not a grasshopper. I'm a giant killer in Jesus' name. Oh, I'm preaching now. See, the problem with a negative confession is it breeds doubt in your soul and discouragement around you. Parents, you watch the way you speak, not only about your kids, but of yourself. Oh, we're always being one of those families that, no, no, come on. God's eye is on us. He's got good in store for us. Listen to what happens when people start listening to negativity. That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. I've got a question for you. How do people feel after they've been with you? What happens when people listen to your talk? I live a life with one desire, to pump up people's tires. You get around me, I hope after we've been together, you're just a little bit taller. You're believing for just a little bit more. You're looking a little bit further with more hope. Come on. That's what leaders do. Listen to Caleb, the man with a different spirit. He says in, in verse 30, Caleb silenced the people before Moses. I just reckon he got to a point and said, I can't stand this. He said, we should go up and take possession of the land. We can certainly do it. See, people with a different spirit have got a can-do attitude, but they're often in the minority. Did you know next, year, next month is the 50-year anniversary of the landing of the, of the first man on the moon? July 21, 1969. How many remember seeing that? You can still get your hands up. Good on you. <laughs> Me too. I remember the teacher brought out the old black and white television and we watched Neil Armstrong. One small step for a man, one huge leap for mankind. And we all went, ooh and ah. But you know what? That would never have happened if they'd listened to the naysayers. Never. Great things never happen if you listen to the negative majority. In fact, wind the clock back. The Wright brothers. Not so long ago, a few years back, maybe three or four, Lynn and I were in Washington and we went to the Smithsonian Museum of Flight. It's incredible. What those Wright brothers did in 19, listen to this, in 1903, they flew the longest flight known to man at that point in time, something heavier than air, 852 feet, less than 300 meters. The flight took 59 seconds. Do the mass. The thing flew at under 18 kilometers an hour. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't fly from Brisbane in a plane that goes 18 kilometers an hour. 
less than 300 meters. People said they couldn't do it. Saw a replica of it in the same museum as the replica of the land, landing module on the moon. You know what's crazy? 1903, Wright Brothers, first long flight. Now, 66 years later, we're putting a man on the moon. That is nuts. But those great achievements don't happen if we listen to the majority. Someone's got to believe. Is anybody in this room believing for something greater from God? More than putting men on the moon, what about changing a planet in Jesus' name? Different spirit that knows that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Different spirit knows I'm not too young, I'm not too old. I know that I'm not beyond help. I know that I'm not beyond restoration. A different spirit says, if God is for me, who can be against me? Different spirit says, it's not about what, where I've come from, it's where I'm going in Jesus' name. I'm not too insignificant because there is a work of God's grace happening in my heart. Young girl walks into a restaurant. She says, I have a question. Place hushes. She said, who owned the Doberman that's chained up on the footpath? This big guy gets up, a tradie. You could tell he was a tradie. Big boots, his little brother's shorts. <laughs> he says, yeah, I own the Doberman. She says, I got bad news. I said, what's that? Little skinny girl. She says, um, my chihuahua just killed it. <laughs> he laughs. He said, how did your little chihuahua kill my big Doberman? She said, it got stuck in its throat. She, you see, she knew. It's not. <laughs> Was that incorrect? Uh, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. Come on. How are you looking at the challenges? As a grasshopper or as a giant killer? Here's the last thought. Different spirit. Different spirit confronts problems differently. Everyone in this room's got problems. Everyone in this room. I know you're going through stuff, but so is the person beside you. We're all facing issues. But a different spirit confronts them differently. Listen from the New King James, verse 30 of Numbers 13. Caleb quiets the people. And the difference between the New King James, which I think gets it more accurately than the NIV, he says this. Let us go up at once and take possession. We're not going to sit around and pontificate. We're not going to talk ourselves out of this. Come on, God has spoken. Now's the time to act. Now's the time to get on with those building programs. Now's the time to start stepping out in faith. Now's the time to start praying for the sick. Now is the day of miracles. Not one day, someday, somehow. Let's go up at once. And take possession. He knew the best way out was the way through. You see, a different spirit, listen, different spirit's got an accent about it. I remember the day, Pastor Matt, when this church changed its name to Faith. I was here. They had me speak on that night. It was quite an honor. And I thought, it's a prophetic declaration. 
It's who we are. This is what, this is what we believe. This is where we come from. This is, this is what, we, what we do. It's what, how we speak. It's how we preach. It's how we live. It's how we give. Faith. Faith. You see, that different spirit has just got an accent. Something about the way you speak. If you travel overseas, you go to places like the U.S., they love our accent. They're enamored with the Australian accent. They're, we love you, Aussies. <laughs> and pe- people just gather. You go, go and say something. Say something, brother. Just say something. And you go, fair dinkum. I don't even know what you blokes think about it. I don't even know. We don't even talk any different to you blokes. <laughs> and they, oh, we love you. We love your accent. <laughs> Come on, Mary Lou. Listen, just listen to him talk. We love your accent. I, I want them to say that about my church. I want to say that about this church. I want to say about you. Just, just listen to the way they talk. Everybody else is miserable. This is the way he talks. It's positive. Listen to how the way he talks on Monday. Oh, Monday. Go, awesome, I got a job. Hey, it's Monday. We're working. <laughs> this is amazing. Oh, it's winter. <laughs> too cold. Summer. Too hot. In walks the person from faith. Goes, how good is this? It's winter. You get to wear the different fashion. How good is that? <laughs> Footies on in winter. Amen. How good is that? Two seasons in, in, uh, in Melbourne. Footy season and cricket season. How good is that? No? Four seasons. All before lunch. Doesn't matter. You... <laughs> It's just amazing. Different accent. Different accent. We should never forget that we're kingdom people. Jesus said to them in Matthew 19. He looked at them and said, with man this is impossible. But with God. Say it with me. All things possible. With man, it's not possible to feed thousands of people with one boy's lunch, but with God. With man, it's not possible to open deaf ears, open blind eyes, but with God. With man, it's not possible to call Lazarus out of a grave, but with God. With man, it's not possible to walk on water, but with God. With man, it's not possible to heal a broken heart, but with God. With man, it's not always possible to heal a broken marriage, but with God. With man, it's not possible to set the captive free, but with God. With man, it's not possible to bring those kids back into relationship with Jesus, but with God. With man, it's not possible to break through in my finances, but with God. All things are possible. That's what a different spirit responds to. See, with God, you can prosper in uncertain times. Let me tell you, some of you have been wondering about this. I want to prophetically say over you, with God, it is possible for you to own property in this uncertain market. You yourself. There's people in this room, you're you're from a family that's never, ever owned your own property. Always grew up 
And before you, the generations have always lived in rental properties. I'm believing that that's going to be broken. And some of you are going to, for the first time in your family, begin to own property. Not get beyond yourselves, not choking in unmanageable debt, but living under the favor of God. We would that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Something shifted in people's belief systems. We've got to be believing for this stuff. With God, you can flourish despite your past. With God, you can turn your mess into a message. With God. Tomorrow I'm going to tell you a little of my story. Somebody asked me a few months ago, what's the best thing about 2018? I said December 31. toughest year of our lives and I exaggerate not but in the midst of it we discovered that if we can respond to everything that came our way with a different spirit we could still see the goodness of God I learned last year if you're going through hell keep going I learned last year to not focus on the enemy. See, there's too many of us talking about the enemy and the opposition. As the musicians come, let me give you a real, real quick revision of the early part of the Bible. Satan was kicked out of heaven because he was enamored with himself and wanted praise. And God says, the praise belongs to one and one alone. Kicks him out. But you know what? Christians fall sucker to his ways too often. And, and if they won't give him praise, they give him for what he'll settle for, second best, attention. The devil did this and the devil did that. Just don't give him any attention. Focus on the Lord. Keep your eyes on him. Looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. I've discovered that we can, in the midst of every challenge going our way, still have the peace of God ruling in our heart and mind. We can live on a higher ground. We can even when things seem coming our way that we didn't expect, if you live generous, God will continue to take you into a large place. And if you live under the influence of a different spirit, fasten your seatbelt, go for the ride and wait for the consequences. Fast forward. Joshua 14. It's 45 years later. I'm here to tell you, my friend, despite what you've done, despite what others have done to you, the last chapter of your life is not written yet. Caleb goes to his mate, Joshua. Moses is dead. Joshua's now the big man on campus. He's in charge. Caleb goes to him. Joshua 14, 10. Now then, this is so cool. Just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for these 45 years. 45 years. Since the time that he said this to Moses, while Israel moved around in the wilderness. I love this. So here I am today, he said, 85 years old. You know that word today, it almost looks so specific that it could have been that day he turned 85. I put it out there that it may have been his 85th birthday. I love this. Ready for this verse 11? I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. 
check it, Moses. Check it, Josh. Sun's out, guns out, brother. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. How cool is this? The confession of an 85-year-old. Little girl wrote to her grandma and said, Grandma, I heard people say that you've gone over the hill. She said, sweetheart, I have, but I only went over the hill to pick up speed. (laughs) Now give me, listen to this. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord helping me. This is an 85-year-old. Oh, God knows I want to be an 85-year-old Caleb. I don't want to get old and boring and miserable and grumpy and talking about the good old days because these days are better than anything we've had before and the best is still ahead of us. And someone said, amen. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb. This is cool. The son of Jephunneh, read it. He wasn't even part of the Israeli tribe. He was an outsider. An old dog from the outside. There wasn't some kid who just grew up in the Christian camp that somehow just cruised into his faith. No, no, no. He had to fight for everything. He knew how good it was to be grafted in and to be blessed and to be brought in and under the covenant of the grace of God. Joshua blessed Caleb. and He gave him Hebron as an inheritance. He's 85 He said, give me the hardest place with the toughest enemy. Because the God who gave me that promise 45 years ago is the same God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he said it back then, I don't know why it didn't happen. But you know what? His word doesn't change even though time does. And I do. I believe God is good and God is going to make it happen in the name of God. He maintained that spirit and he didn't miss out on what God had for him. So here's my question for you tonight. We're going to close this so that we can get some rest and come back tomorrow, but I've got a question for you. What issues do you need to respond to with a different spirit? Your kids that are away from God right now, you look at them, people show you what they post on social media and you You ask them to go to church with you and they spit back in your face all kinds of things why they're so anti-God and anti-church. What about what the doctor said about your health? What about that latest bank statement? What about some of those issues in work? Marriage life we all face challenges the question is what spirit are we going to use to take the challenge on thank you for listening to this week's podcast from faith christian church to stay up to date check us out at our website faithcc.com.au